following show is paid for by the LaHood Norton Law Group. The views and opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily represent those of WOAI and iHeartMedia. Welcome. This is Sidebar. Sidebar, a frank discussion on the law, life, and liberty. Sponsored by the LaHood Norton Law Group. And now, your objection sustained. Your hosts, Karen Klaus and former Bear County District Attorney, Nico LaHood. 1200 WOAI, this is Sidebar. The, it, let's see, two days after Thanksgiving, but uh, since I continued eating Thursday and Friday, I feel like every day is Thanksgiving. How was y'all's Thanksgiving? It was great, thank God. It was fantastic. So, it was wonderful. And all my healthy eating suspended yes. today. <laughs> thank you for at least rejected. saying that. Ugh. But well, I look forward to that meal every oh, twice a year for Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's smoked turkey. My mom whips up the potatoes. There's green bean casserole. There's just stuffing, stovetop stuffing, or whatever. There's there's a dessert. I mean, it's just and I mix it all together and the synergy of the flavors. Ugh, I'd love it. I <laughs> three huge plates. Like a cooking show over here. Yeah, man. I'm no, but that. after a while, <laughs> I'm hungry now. It, it is sickening, isn't it? It's like well, I'm on my bottom for me. I'm, yes. I'm not used to it. So, I mean, yeah, my body rejects it, but it's worth it. I mean, I, I committed the sin of gluttony, I'm sure. <laughs> I think everybody <laughs> With did. great pride, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving, even though Joy Reid says that it is a bad holiday that's linked mm. to slavery. And mm. um, I've heard a lot of people in the media recently talking about how it is something that's terrible and it's a it's a made up a fairy tale and it uh it's just no good because it's linked to slavery well it mm. th- what, what the narrative is it's not that it's made up it's not a myth it's that it should be a day of mourning and regret because they, there was so there was so much genocide there's there's nothing to be thankful for and and look the way you make a, a lie good is you take a little bit of truth and then you expound on it and then because there's there's that little bit of truth in there, you can get passionate about it. There There's some confirmation of what you're saying, but it's complete BS. The 1619 Project has a lot of that when you're talking about Jamestown and the first slaves that came to the, to the United States. And we can talk about that, but there's a distinction between what happened at Jamestown and the, the horrific acts of Jamestown, a lot of the people there, and Plymouth, <clears throat> where, 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 the, where the pilgrims came and who the pilgrims were. Their journey over here, which was fascinating to me, the, the two ships that they initially, George and I were joking back and forth about it, the Speedwell and the Mayflower. Speedwell never left because it had too many problems. So they all packed into the Mayflower. And who the pilgrims were and what they were trying to leave from, from England to Holland. I mean, there's just so much rich history there <laughs> that is the foundation. And George and I talked about this on Raw Rated Christianity. We did a special show last night because of Thanksgiving Thursday. Oh, my gosh. And we dissected all that. It. So that's okay. But you can go back and watch I back will. And listen. I will. <laughs> but we, 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 and we didn't even get as detailed as we wanted to. I mean, it's true, rich history that, that our children are not being taught. And then so when you take something that Joy Reid is spewing, and this is just a miserable woman. I would love to sit down with her. She wouldn't if she had an open mind, but she doesn't. But, but it's just a lie. It's not a distortion. It's, it's not taking a little bit of truth and then distorting it to, for an agenda. It's an outright lie. So for me in my world, the pilgrims and the first Thanksgiving have been falsely indicted, but here's the key, falsely convicted, and that conviction is following this country all the way through today, and our children are being taught this, and they're being taught to hate that and not to be thankful, because the reality is, who are the pilgrims thankful to? To God, because when you talk about an attitude of gratitude, and I'll pass it on to George here in a second, we, we love all these life coaches left to say, I, I wake up grateful, and, and, I, and it's, I practice gratitude. Well, how do you practice gratitude? Well, you, I, you just you make a list of things you're grateful for, Okay, great. Well, then, but you can't be grateful for something unless you're grateful to someone. I mean, so who are you directing your gratitude towards? And, of course, they don't want to mention God or a transcendent creator of everything. And so it really comes down to that for me when they want to take God out of his position so they can, government can replace themselves with God. They can redefine what's right and wrong and what's moral and evil. And then you don't have to live life that way. And they want to change the way we actually, the foundation of this country, which is Judeo-Christian in nature and ideology. It doesn't mean you have to be... Uh, following Christ follower, but I'm just saying those are the ideas that formulated this country. And the Mayflower Compact, we'll talk about that at some point, I'm sure, is part of that journey because it truly was the purest and the, the, the first pure form of, of a United States document that wasn't a charter from England. You know, back then there was Virginia and Massachusetts, 
But so I said a lot there, Karen. I'm sorry. There's so much to unpack. No, and that's what I want to stop you now because what what I'm thinking is I I want to delve into this, but I also want to talk about other things that we're going to be talking about today. And one of the things I wanted to mention is was it last Thanksgiving or was it the Thanksgiving before? All of them seem to just go together, but um, they're starting to talk about masks again. And I think I can't remember now if it was two Thanksgivings ago when they were telling you you couldn't have Thanksgiving with your family and that everybody should wear a mask indoors or keep your windows open, even though it was, you know, 20 degrees in some places of America. Why is it that we are hearing about masks again? Is well, this, <laughs> is this uh, part of some it's big the ugly gift scheme? It keeps on giving. That's why it works very well. It uh, it's, it's a great way to, to sort of... Um, you know, make government control of the masses acceptable. I mean, remember, it's always done in the name of safety, in the name of concern for the population. Um, it's always the opposite, Nico, of what of what it's purported to be. This is what I don't like. There's always a slogan behind it. Well, we're very concerned about people. Uh, you know, Health and Human Services uh, is doing this for the safety uh, of individuals. And so, um, you know, they're con- uh, contemplating requesting at least requesting mask mandates because of so-called long covid which appears to be a syndrome of, like, like i said anything from brain fog to to a really bad runny nose to to coughing to all kinds of cold symptoms it's this sort of catch-all post-covid syndrome called long covid now, i'm one of those guys that doesn't i, I think I, I believe it's mythology I, I don't believe there's there's any basis for that there's a ton of research on so-called long covid i think it's uh, indefinite at best but make make no mistake, Karen. Um, it's going to be used, and it's going to be it, it's going to be leveraged to the hilt to justify uh, uh, restriction of movement and control of the population, which I hate. And so, yeah, that's where I'm we're already at. starting to see videos in of China of them like beating people that aren't getting vaccines or not wearing masks. I don't even remember. Well, did if you I have you seen the it. videos of China? The, the, the protests are going backwards. I mean, yes. they, they are actually resisting. It's like they've yes. had enough. I mean, enough is enough. I mean, this is part of that, the whole censorship we, we railed against. I know you're just going over the topics for yeah, today. Absolutely. I'm sure we're going to dissect Thanksgiving more and all that. And then, and of course, this long COVID, it seems to be another scam. I mean, again, I'm going to say seems to be. I mean, Georgia's really dove into the, to the studies. But when you think about it, it's a control thing. And China's pushing back um, the censorship. I think this would have, this would have been control, I mean, dealt with a long time ago. If there wasn't so much censorship and people were free to exchange ideas and to challenge authority to say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm self-educated. Here's someone else that's saying something antithetical to what you're saying and give them credit. But when they're censored and you're only hearing one narrative, people start believing that you combine that with a wonderful thing called fear that is used. Then you combine ignorance and fear. Ignorance just meaning not knowing. I mean, I'm ignorant to a lot of things. I'm just saying ignorance, meaning because you've controlled the narrative through censorship fear because you're seeing something happen and then you have control. But it is something that started in China. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to say it. But, you know, we saw it start in China where they were uh, spraying down people on the streets and people always seemed to wear masks there. It it moved here. But with all of the censorship that was going on in America, do, do you think it's possible for them to even start the masks up again and people actually wear them? Try to. Possible, yes. Probable, no. I think people are, are tired of it. I mean, you're always going to find... Look, we died... How many weeks in a row do we talk about yeah. masks and yeah. personal protection equipment and viral molecule size versus bacteria molecule size and nanometers and, and the size of a viral molecule and why when, you, when you're dealing with anthrax and real, real viruses, what do they do? They walk around in body condoms. They're not wearing a mask. I mean, they are totally... George talked about when he was working for for Merck and some of these in, in, in the actual laboratory and how they covered themselves and what they used and how it was truly fitted. I mean, we dissected all that years ago, actually now. Um, so, but sure, is it, is it possible? I think they're going to want to, but you have to, I think the deeper question that George likes to get into is why, what are they trying to accomplish? We, we, they've already real, they've already, whoever they are, right. But, but they've already tested the, the control factor. We're really good and we've been really susceptible about handing over control and rights. Now, remember, there's a difference between privileges and rights. You don't have a right to drive. It's a privilege. That's why it's much easier to suspend your driver's license than it is to take away your liberty or to, or to convict you as a felon or something like that. You have a different rights versus privileges. And we, we showed that, that most people, and I think I'm praying people are waking up, 
we're very willing to hand over rights for, for, for safety. And we talked about that, that, that distinction. And it's sad because sometimes it's used as <coughs> for safety reasons, but it's not really for safety reasons because especially when, with, with COVID, no one kind of knew what we were. I mean, remember all the stickers on the floor that said six feet apart? Oh, yeah. and one Why mask, six feet? Masks. Why not five? What about seven? Exactly. Why you don't have to wear a mask if you're under 10, but now you can. Now everybody has to. No kids were were in danger of being harmed long term for the vast for the majority. I mean, unless it had a comorbidity condition or some illness. But then kids were masked up for 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 years and months. And I mean, it was absolutely but, insane with and, no data to back it up. But and and for what? Again, for what? From the very beginning, we know what population this virus was affecting. We knew that. We knew it was largely concentrated. I always go back to March and April when Nico and I were on the phone, mm. and we were having these conversations of 2020. Yeah. It seemed obvious to me, I mean, we didn't have a lot of information, but the information that we did did have seemed to point to a, a very localized, very limited population of individuals. And you, you've heard it said a million times, typically the elderly people and people who are immunosuppressed. And it seemed, remember the whole conversation about nursing homes and the scandals Absolutely. involving nursing homes? Okay. So um, we had that information early on. We also knew that the survivability rate of the virus, CDC was printing this stuff out early on. It was breaking it down by demographics, you know, which then they, they then very conveniently removed. And then they put them back, you know, when it became politically convenient. The politicization of the CDC is really the great story here, to be honest with you, and, and, all of, and, and really sort of the health and human services and how, how the politicization of science, I think, has, has really hurt the credibility of scientists and researchers in the country. Um, I think that's, that's terrible. Um, but go back and look early on how we knew what it was affecting. We knew who it was killing. We knew how many people it was killing. We knew that overall you're looking at greater than 98% survivability rate. If you're a child, it's, it's just the, the chances that a child uh, who was healthy is going to subside to COVID is, is just infinitesimally small, statistically insignificant. It's something like 0.0003 fatality rate. We knew this early on. What the hell are we talking about mass for again? I'm sorry. I'm, we're trying to fix a problem that is largely non-existent for huge swaths of the population. This is the government trying to insert itself in the lives of citizens every day in the name of health George, and safety. George, the next things that you're going to say is that they're, um, the mail-in ballots aren't real and that we need to start watching those too. <laughs> oh, no, they're real. Anyway. That's the problem. They're, they're <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that may be one of the other topics that we uh, touch on, and we will continue in just a minute on Sidebar. WOAI. I forgot to say it. Tell us what you think. Ask a question. Go to SidebarTV.com. Join the conversation. Uh, we will be looking at all of your comments. Because well, we've got and Salo and Dom here helping us. Which is what a blessing to have you. them. We've got Kurt working behind the scenes there on the radio side of it. So the team is, we can't do this without that, without everybody working together. You too, Karen. So thank you, everybody. Oh, for absolutely. Involved. I mean, uh, it's my pleasure to be a part of it. Also, um, I don't know how many followers we got on Rumble last week, but we need enough followers or subscribers. What did you say, Salah? 100? We need to pass 100. So that we can stream there as well, <laughs> just in case anybody decides to uh, mess Are you following on, on Rumble? Places. No, not There you go. That's it. It's I knew he was going to pull me out on that one. Kurt's not on either. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> No, I'm going to do it as soon as I get out of here today. Okay, long COVID. We already have a question um, or a comment. Uh, One, I wish I could remember where it was now, but somebody that is on Facebook talked about how her daughter has long COVID. And I, I really don't know what long COVID is, and I don't know what the symptoms are. I've heard it. I've seen it in the news. People that just don't feel well for, I guess, after after a long time but when i what i wanted to ask is are these victims of long covid vaccinated not vaccinated well, those are, I mean, i'll let george that? yes uh, let's let george answer that question because he's really d- dove into this and in, uh, delved into this but there's a lot of questions who, who diagnosed you this is just me being a critical thinker right sparring with ideas in your mind who diagnosed it what, what were the symptoms where did it come from? What, what are they relying on in that diagnosis? What do you do from it? And, the, and the, look, a valid question is, is this person vaccinated that has this quote-unquote long COVID? Um, what next? You just wait it out? What are they going to do after that? How do you get long COVID if you've been vaccinated or not vaccinated? Where did long COVID come from? What do you do? I mean, you, know, do you all these questions, like you just, just trap in a label on somebody, and then, and then the, the answer is put a mask on. doesn't seem logically consistent to me. I mean, I wanna, I'm a root cause guy. 
and I want to get down to what the issue is so we can address it. So, George, I'm going to talk about long COVID. Your questions, my point by, by doing this, Karen, are valid questions. Yeah, when you analyze I, something and critically think, you have to ask tough questions respectfully, of course. But if you're going to make a good, a, a valid, accurate assessment, you need all the data. I know. And I, I feel bad because this is a joke. And I'm like prefacing by saying this is a joke. But after I had COVID, I found out that I didn't want to come back to work. But it had nothing to do with COVID. You didn't want to come back to work. <laughs> um, I, I, I just want to, and I, I appreciate the concern. And I know I knew that I knew the second I would say, look, I don't I don't buy into the long COVID. I think it's mythology. And I, and I, and I hold firmly to that. I say that because clinically there's sort of the gold standard of clinical development, clinical research work is, is um, you, you need a, a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled study uh, where your placebo is not some other vaccine but is, but is actually an inert saline uh, product of sorts, um, a, a real placebo. And, and yes, it's randomized, and yes, it's, it's placebo-controlled. Um, there's, there's no study that I know of. I don't know of a single one. Please enlighten me, anybody who's listening in, who has any, any familiarity with basic biology or, 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 or clinical, clinical biology or, or clinical development if you're working in pharma. If you know anything about this, please, if, you know how to, if you're a good researcher, send me any study you can find. A good, strong, um, sort Double of gold, standard, gold standard study to establish that long COVID is a real entity. Um, all of the studies out there are really rather shoddy. In my view, they're observational studies. They, they fall, very, fall very short of that standard. And so my concern is that this has become a, a, a sort of syndrome that I think can be used to drive a political agenda because it's so poorly supported clinically. And so I was teasing Nikki yesterday on, on the text. I said, look, it's, it's this, I call it a syndrome. Uh, it's it's been used as a catch-all from anything from, from stomach pain uh, to anxiety to depression to, to fidgetiness, irritability, insomnia. I mean, I mean yeah. my goodness, it, if you if you look at these observational studies, and I think they're in many of them are just just moronically constructed. It, it's become a catch-all, and yeah, uh, it, and and many of them don't even stop to confirm that the subjects that they're looking at have even had the virus. Mm. So uh, I'm annoyed by it. Uh, because it, it's 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 caught a lot of traction. Oh, you must have long COVID. Now, where this began, see again, a little bit of truth yep. mixed with lie. Yep. There is, in fact, and I experienced it myself. So, in the aftermath of COVID, <clears throat> there's a condition called anosmia, which is a, a, a temporary loss of smell. That's exactly yeah. what uh, Deborah mentioned. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's a, a loss of smell. There's a loss of taste. Uh, there's a sort of prolonged feeling of fatigue that people have experienced. That's real. Um, but the reality is those symptoms have also been attributed to um, other severe flu-like flu yeah, uh, flu, uh, flu episodes. Anytime you have uh, severe influenza-like uh, illness, it, it's, these things are, can, can be characterized as, as potentially symptomatic of, of, of broader influenza-like illness. So the, the point is the studies do not adequately isolate this into a... a well-diagnosed <clears throat> disease or, or, or condition, condition called long COVID. And I think everything's just kind of thrown in there. But you, know, George, you take the kitchen sink and everything else we, within five feet and you throw it in there in this long COVID. And I'm worried about what that's going to lead we, we, to. We, ta we talked about this back when it was. I mean, so, so right now in, in, in our current time, I mean, the flu is running roughshod over everybody. The flu happens. Flu sucks. <clears throat> I mean, I got some allergies right now, but flu sucks. Yes. I mean, it went through my office. It yep. went through our house. Three of our four kids had it. Um, Davi kind of semi had it, but then she fought it off, thankfully. I didn't get it, thank God. And but we're all in the same house. I mean, flu sucks. I mean, we had people in our office are out for 14 days, and it was seemed very, very oh rough. To, and then the people are, are responding differently to flu, flu this year than before. There's more questions I have about that. I don't want to start that, that conversation right now. But then during this COVID insanity that we went through and again not saying that covid wasn't real I, mean, I think all everyone's had it at least or hopefully you did at some point but 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 the flu diagnosis is all of a sudden there was a joke out there that what happened to the flu you, you don't need to get a flu shot anymore you just get covid i mean because there was no flu, right, George? right. I mean, so I, what's the distinction i mean I, and i'm asking a sincere question when people ask that what's the distinction between a, a covid diagnosis and versus a flu diagnosis <clears throat> number one. Number two, you talked about observational studies versus double-blind, random-controlled placebo studies because there's different. There's a lot because, I mean, if somebody goes out there and starts Googling studies on long COVID, 
they're going to find a bunch of studies. To your point, you made it very clear, but you're saying they were they're, they're shoddy when you're looking at someone like yourself, chemist, you're a chemist by trade, and you've actually worked on studies, so you, you're not speaking out of your proverbial ass here. I mean, you're you're talking from experience. Um, so, so these are observational versus. I mean, so I, I think those are a lot of things that people are, including Absolutely. myself, are ignorant to, and then it's easy to kind of pull one over on you if you don't know what you're what you're looking for. Yeah, I think the the benefit of the gold standard study is that it's constructed in such a way that it can it can segregate confounding factors. In other words, other factors that could contribute to the claim that you're making. That's the point. Uh, and and unless we have a study that properly isolates for those things, you can make a study say anything. It's kind of like when we talk I've about heard that. Uh, so so yeah, it's kind of like when we talk about interpreting scripture, right? right? You can make the Bible say anything you want it to make, and then you unless, read it unless you unless you read it in context and by reading in context you you you've kind of segregate out um all of the possible explanations and you narrow it down to the most probable explanation or proper probable interpretation of the scripture what is it most likely to mean based on what the author was writing or who the author was or what was the cognitive mindset at the time? So there's there's various considerations to narrow it down to the proper interpretation. Well, that's kind of how you do a clinical study mm -hmm. too. A, a properly set up clinical study has a way to isolate every possible thing down to the most probable, and they're called confounding factors. And so all I'm suggesting here is, and again, and this is a legitimate challenge. I, I certainly don't know everything, um, I, but I but it's a, a question that I have, and I've read up on this pretty substantially. Where is there a a, a decent, um, properly sample uh, const constructed, sample size constructed, randomized, placebo-controlled trial that establishes that long COVID is in fact causative for the kinds of things that people are, are saying they're experiencing? And I would suggest that while people are experiencing what they're experiencing, that there could be many other factors that have nothing to do with COVID. And again, again, a lot of these observational studies... Um, don't even stop to confirm that the individuals had the virus. So I'm, I'm worried about that. And, and again, what's going, why am I worried about it? Because COVID has been so conveniently politicized to what? To, to censor people. Yeah. To, to control, uh, restrict, rights. to restrict civil liberties, to, 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 uh, to affect people's livelihoods. How many people have lost their livelihoods because of COVID? What happens in New York, George, right? In New York, the minute they have to yeah, give people their jobs back, they're paying them back in the military the same way. You're, you're 100% right. I mean, to, to your point, Karen, you have to ask yourselves, what are they trying to push? Why, why the mask insanity again? And when, when again, and this is, we're not even touching back on the old conversations we had about what a, that, that cloth, ma cloth mask does and a viral molecule size and whether it's designed to stop viral molecule versus the bacterial molecule, the size differentiation between them and what exactly you're stopping or not stopping. I mean, there, there, there's all that conversation that needs to be had. So you have to ask yourself why. And then even if there was a mask that could stop a viral molecule spread uh, distribution, are people using it properly? You know, I mean, so there's just so much right. more behind there. Yeah. So the symptoms are real. I want to say that. I don't want to say they're not real. You're just questioning whether I, I, it's long COVID. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, fatigue reduced, uh, which I experienced. Fatigue reduced aerobic capacity for a bunch of weeks or, or months following infection. Those things are real. What I'm suggesting when people hear me carefully is that there's very little to tie that to this phenomenon called long COVID. Mm -hmm. That's the concern that I have. Go ahead. Ray Go. said long COVID is might be the solution looking for a problem to pin well, it on. I think, I think that's well said, at least yeah. clinically. And I'm not suggesting that eventually, because this, this is the nature of science. We, we learn and we adjust. But I'm, I'm worried at this point that we are getting way behind ourselves. Here we are with mask mandates on the premise of, of well, long COVID. But what about the, the CDC apology it's never tour? Happen, by the way. Remember the CDC apology tour yeah. <laughs> that they went on with the, with the head of the CDC? But they, it was whispered almost. Well, I mean, it, was, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, you would think that the backlash would have been overwhelming, but why? Yeah. Because it wasn't covered to the degree it should right, have. Right. Where's the accountability for that? You're talking about people, elderly people passing away by themselves, people missing birthing opportunities with their children, weddings, all these things. I mean, where, where's the accountability for that? Hey, we could do things better. We want to keep a, this great organization great. So there's much to learn. And then Fauci went on his kind of semi-apology tour, but then yet he's still Fauci and he's science and all this crap. I mean, th th there's no accountability. And then we just kind of say, yeah, no big deal. Well, the way you say it is a big deal is one thing. Appropriately, legally, is say no. 
or ask questions. I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not. Not without good, like George said, data that I can rely and make decisions, family decisions and health decisions based off of, not because of what you think. And you ask questions and push back on a medical professional. And, and a lot of them, not all of them, get offended. Like, how dare you question me? Well, hold on. I mean, people ask me as lawyers in our firm, why are you doing this or why are you recommending this or what's happening here? That doesn't offend me. They, they don't know. I alleged that I know, so I'm going to relay that information. I, I love educating Explain. people. I'm exactly. not offended if yeah. someone questions me at all. And I'm questioning that the parameters are so broad here. right? The goalposts are so wide. The error bars are so wide that anything can be long COVID. And that's very convenient. Right. It can hit anybody at any time. You can have multiple infections of COVID and have built up natural antibodies. You can literally be bulletproof clinically. But no, it can still strike that person, right? So anytime you experience those symptoms, instead of really diagnosing down to what, I mean, if you have diminishing aerobic uh, issues, aerobic capacity, there could be some seriously systemic, systemic things wrong with you. But you throw that under long COVID and you could actually miss that important diagnostic work that can get you back to health. That worries me. And I think I'm, I'm always thinking about how there's this notion that if anything is long COVID and you can be infected by it, then the government steps in and you get into this constant, this notion that all infections can be controlled, all, all infections can, can, be, can be stopped. That is a lie. You can't mask yourself away from influenza well, I think, illness. I think, I think this push of long COVID would have more credibility if they talked about the effects of long vaccine possible injuries as well. I mean, I'm just saying, if you're, if you're going to truly be objective, forget about theories and this and conspiracy, anything. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a truth seeker. Uh, you know, that that's it. I'm, I'm pro-truth and anti-BS. So whatever. So that should be in the conversation as well. I mean, we haven't brought up vaccine adverse events reporting system in a long time. VAERS, which is a branch of the CDC. That's what we should be talking we haven't about. We have talked about any of this stuff. Not positioning long COVID to be a way to maintain corona as a permanent catastrophe. Right. That's what long COVID is about. And that worries me. Okay. Which means hope, permanent control. I hope right. we get to continue this because I have some questions myself. It's all coming up next on Sidebar. Twelve hundred W O A I. This is Sidebar. Nico, did you give your staff off for uh, Thanksgiving, or did you make them work like you did last year? No, I, I just worked. What do you mean, like last year? What are you talking I'm about? Just False indictment. <laughs> um, no, we, we were off Thursday and Friday. Oh, we, we, we mimicked the the schedule of the courthouse, so they enjoyed a Thursday, Friday long weekend. Of course, we were taking phone calls. I was on the phone on Friday because some people that have issues that arise and clients and potential clients. They want to talk, so we make ourselves available. But the office was closed on Thursday and Friday, so hopefully they're kind of rejuvenating themselves and getting ready to get back into this into the site into the fight Monday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're going to talk about COVID again because I want to ask. And George, I mean, you were alluding to this, but uh, I think it was James that said, "Could long COVID just be some other disease in itself that or has virus, a, right? or virus that has some of the symptoms that COVID had?" But it's not COVID. I don't, I don't understand because a virus is yeah, a virus. I, I, think but that's, I think that's the concern. That's the concern that I have right now. I think there's, there's a rush. There's, there's a lot of, I think, lazy diagnostic work being done. And people are, are kind of thrown into this catch-all diagnosis, which is no proper <laughs> diagnosis in many cases, in my view. If, if we look at the way observational studies have been constructed, if, I mean, if you guys want to talk about this, it tends to be kind of boring. And I want to get in the weeds in it. But, I mean, we could get into it and give you some examples of, of, of some, some studies like that. Um, okay, setting that aside, that is my concern. The concern is that we're not doing the important work, Karen, to get down to the true root cause of, of, a, of a health problem that somebody may have. And it may go undiagnosed because of lazy diagnostics, in my view. And again, you know, why the, why the political inertia around this? I don't, I mean, so now we're going to have mask mandates. As, as, as if masks have actually worked. Where's the evidence for that? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've asked in here. Well, Nico, you know that we've talked about it every week. It felt like we were talking about nothing but COVID for a while. Remember and the that? only reason why I was we're asking, doing that, George, is because it keeps coming up every week. It's like, man, are we going to talk about anything but COVID and masks and yeah. bears and vaccine adverse events reporting system and shots and this? Yes. It's like, but that was the current discussion because of the there week. Was, there was always this elaborate panoply of efforts by the government to leverage COVID um, to control people and to, 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 to stifle speech or to restrict movement. Um, it just, it was maddening. And so I, I remember asking, we were looking at, um, uh, we were looking at masks at the time. And, and I was encouraging people to go to rationalground.com at the time, if I remember. Mm. Um, yeah. Which I thought was a great website. Yeah. And I, they're the only ones that I knew that were almost doing a state-by-state -state comparison of states that were 
complying with mask mandates to the tune of 95 to 100 percent compliance. And the effects, right? And in those states that were taking kind of a more laxed approach. And then to do kind of a comparison, side-by-side comparison longitudinally. And, and there's, there was either no difference at all or in terms of people was. contracting the virus between people who are fully masked, two masks. Remember the three, yeah. four mask yeah. uh, sort of hysteria that we were uh, going through week by week at the time. And there was, there was just no relationship. There's, there's, no, there's no statistically significant relationship between wearing a mask and, but, but let's and, not forget. and lowering um, uh, or, or contracting COVID. And so, in, in fact, we would argue the opposite. There were plenty of states where compliance was minimal um, and people were doing just fine fair relative to those states where, where uh, compliance was almost maximum. But, but let's, not, let's not forget that Fauci went from don't worry, these things are not going to be effective because he was actually looking at whatever science we do have from 20, well-established science. In the same month, he went from don't wear it, we need it for our, for our you know, emergency uh, staff at hospitals and things like nature, to at the end of the, the wear one, then two, then three, then four. So we went from no mask to four masks. But they're even finding year. emails of him right. saying that it, it would make no difference. No, people, yeah. people should go back and listen to that. Uh, March 8th of 2020, I believe it was Jerome January. Adams, too. I think it was March 8th and then March 31st was Jerome Adams. Um, and all of a sudden, there was a, a complete about face uh, two months later. Science doesn't work that way. You but George, and to Karen's point, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but to Karen's point, wasn't there emails of, yeah. of Fauci yes. saying that yeah. he knew it wasn't? So now he's not just wrong. So he's either grossly incompetent, so he can't be science, or he's a liar. Well, I mean, I mean and there's no accountability. <laughs> right. So I think it's normal for someone to say, I'm going to yeah. pause this time. An investigation by the House of, of Fauci and people in his inner circle at the NIH and the CDC, I think, is entirely appropriate. Um, the, the impact that these completely uh, irresponsible individuals, I'll say it in a nice way. I want to use strong words. Maybe we can on the on the other half of the program on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's criminal. It really is. I mean, the, the, the number of human lives that were affected by... Well, he uh, lied. He lied during different committees. I mean, under oath. So that, that truly is criminal. I, mean, I want to break it down objectively, too. Yeah, I a, agree with you, George. A, a willful disregard um, for true science and for the facts on the ground. Um, and, and, and allowing himself, or I would say almost volunteering to be used <clears throat> politi- for political purposes. Um, I think it's reprehensible and he should be investigated. I believe he will be. Uh, at, at a press conference this week, um, much was made about sort of his, his farewell, right? Um, and and uh, he was starting to get just just uh, pelted with questions from reporters and uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Stepped the in. Increasingly protective. incompetent yes. and, <clears throat> and smug, arrogant, um, and, and very uh, uncommunicative, putting it nicely. Press secretary jumps in and, and gets decides she gets she's she's upset because people are speaking out of turn and people are talking over one another and she there's rules there's, there's, angry there's rules and they there. have questions these are legitimate questions these are legitimate, questions. legitimate questions that everybody's wondering about they should be asking Fauci these questions and running cover for him this is <clears throat> this is nuts I do hope the house investigates this this is legitimate I hope this never never happens again we but you want to talk about accountability everybody on the left wants to talk about accountability and but their definition of accountability and who that applies to is conveniently if it's on their list it's okay absolutely and so what we try to do on the show people have asked me what is the purpose of your show well it kind of it's morphed into just wanting to teach people to critically think true education and i used this last night on the r-rated podcast r-rated christianity is from albert einstein and i love this definition of it he says education is not the learning of facts right that that you can recite that but the training of the mind to think that in his opinion was true education from a genius right Training your mind to think, to critically think, to spar with ideas in your mind so you can come up with the most consistent and objective result after you, you know, distinguish between every agendas and feelings and emotions or whatever. Can, are we training people, especially our young people, to, to, to think? And we're not. And that's the problem. And part of thinking is what? It's questioning. Yeah. It's pushing back against authority. It's, it's having this exercise, this, this ping pong exercise of question and answer. And, you know, and, and the truth should stand firm when it's all said and done, when the smoke clears, you should it, not question. And there it is. That's that's really the crux of the matter here is when you question, when you do multivariate analysis and you look at things from multiple angles, you have a better shot at getting to, to sort of what we call the inference to the best explanation. Right. And you don't get to pick and choose. And I think that's what's happening here with this hysteria with long COVID and masks and jumping to mask policy is that there are other factors that may explain these symptoms that people are experiencing. There, that, 
that these individuals may share that supposedly have long COVID may share other characteristics that affect that outcome. And what I'm proposing is that the studies that we have right now are shoddy in that regard. They do not account for what I call confounding factors Mm -hmm. or confounding biases. This is the inherent weakness of observational studies. Okay, I hope I haven't said too much on that, but but I I think I want you guys to think clearly through this. And if you get into a discussion, have some some basic important talking points. Um, George, going back to the mask mandate and them trying to reinstate a mask mandate, um, I think it was Carlos a minute ago said that he got COVID finally after wearing masks, doing everything mm-hmm. that he was supposed to. He got it, went to the VA, and they told him, go home, you'll be fine. Isn't that crazy? You know, you'll take care of it. So, was he vaccinated? Which is why mask mandates are never going to work, Pico. That's why mask mandates are never going to work now. The idea that they're even parroting this thing is insane. Yeah. But, but again, this is not really about COVID. I think they're already moving to the next affliction. This is about preparing people. It's, it's preparing. I, I, I like to use the phrase, maybe I'll write a book on it, called The Fracturing of the American Mind. Because we've, we've lost our ability to think rationally. And now we actually, we're sort of, we've adopted this religion, this cult of safetyism. This yeah. notion that it's possible to actually avoid any and all infections. This, this is an underlying cultic belief that the government will leverage for further control. If the population can actually believe <coughs> that moronic notion that you can actually control or prevent every single infection, yeah. that you can truly prevent um, every harm or every risk, right, just by listening to mama government, if you can do that, you can be controlled. And I think this this is not about COVID. This it's about very... the next. It's about the next means of control of the population. Well, we are dealing with communist folks. Mm. These are communist individuals. These are not your granddaddy's Democrats. They're gone. They have no leverage over this party. Okay, these are communists. This is Marxist control. That's not hyperbole. That's not hyperbole. Look at the facts when on you, the ground. When you, when you look at that's the right. mindset that's being promulgated and the techniques, so to speak, that are being used. This is a repeat of history. You can, that's right. You cannot I mean, be a true student of history and right. not come to that conclusion. I mean, so, look, you're talking about this, this, this idea of safetyism or whatever it was. And we've talked about this years ago when we were talking about COVID. And I understand in context, Benjamin Franklin was talking about taxation and there were some other issues. But the idea still holds true. He says any society that will give up a little liberty to gain a little security. Think about that. Any society that will give up a little liberty to gain a little security will deserve neither and lose both. Let that sink in. The idea the context was, was different. Context, but the application is a valid it. application. Application is the same. I a, agree. It's a fair <clears> one. <throat> but how do you explain then them, the CDC or maybe uh, HHS continually saying just recently that hospitals are once again struggling with supply and capacity issues and, you know, this is familiar to us? Who is it that's going into the hospital? Okay. And who is it that's getting <laughs> well, we, sick? Is that, a, is that so, its own show? Yeah, so, so I took in our, our son. Um, the other that last week, <clears throat> I just wanted to make sure it wasn't his appendix. It wasn't. It ended up being gas or whatever. But, but still, I, I wanted to make sure because he's six and he was young. I went in there and, and one hospital. I won't mention their name. Had like a six eight hour wait, and the lady goes, "Look, go to the children's hospital across the street, you know, whatever." And then walked in there and everything was fine. Took an X ray. It was gas and whatever. <clears throat> but I wanted to make sure it wasn't an appendicitis, you know, because I've had some friends that have had that, and I'm ignorant. There is. I'm ignorant yeah. to it, so I went and went yeah. just to make sure he was okay. And. And it was loaded, but I mean, this is these are people stuck with flu, with 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 strep throat, with allergies. I mean, with colds, with bacterial infections. I mean, a lot of things going on. But here's a question, Karen, and we'll end on this and go to the break. But there's people out there that there's there, there's information out there that if somebody has a compromised immune system due to potentially maybe taking a, a, a treatment or a shot that could have weakened your immune system, and now you're susceptible to a lot of other things. Because I want to know why flu seems to be affecting people differently these days than it did a year or two ago. I uh, just an objective question. That. I'm not saying I had the answer, but I, as a critical thinker, that's a question I have. Okay, we will continue with that because I want to know about that too. Uh, and don't forget, SidebarTV.com. You can join us after the show also. We will continue with that. And we'll be right back. Twelve hundred W O A I. This is Sidebar. 
Okay, we're going to continue that conversation at the, about the flu because I have lots of questions about that. But I, if we could... I'm not saying I have the answers. I'm just critically thinking Well, I know, this, but that's what gets us through this. We talk about it. Ideas come up. We have so many people that have been talking about their own experiences with what they think is long COVID mm-hmm. and uh, how it has affected their thinking, their smell and taste. And so we will continue with that. But I, I just thought maybe since... You mean continue that on Facebook yes, Live? Yes, on Facebook this? Live. Okay. And remember, if you want to find us, you can join us on a bunch of different platforms. But all you have to do to find us is go to SidebarTV.com. That's SidebarTV.com. And I promise I'll I'll pay more attention to you. Ray, I saw a couple of your questions, Deborah, and I saw some of yours too. But we're going to discuss them in just a second. I guess 14 seconds, 14 mm-hmm. minutes anyway. Going back to Thanksgiving, if we could just wrap up with that. I mean, it, it did make me feel sick and sad when I was watching Joy Reid and others just bashing <coughs> Thanksgiving. And I was thinking, wow, this is this is a time, even though I uninvited several of my family members, but this is a time that people usually get together and have a meal together, which it seems... But it used to be, it used to be a festival. So the first Thanksgiving in 1621 was a festival and it was the local native american tribe and 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 look we we don't have 13 minutes doesn't do justice to this truly american hero called squanto who truly saved the pilgrims when they came remember they landed at 102 roughly people on the ship some pilgrims some strangers people they were getting on because they were they were funded and they were given permission to come over from the king even though they were coming from holland they lost the only 53 were left after that first winter, where they landed in Plymouth is where Squanto's family and his tribe used to be before he was taken into captivity. He gets sold in Spain, gets bought by some Franciscan monks. He learns English, comes back. I mean, there's a fascinating story. Oh, I love there's these a fascinating stories. story where there's provi- there's providential in interaction, like divine appointments. When you really look at this, I guess you could say, oh, that's just chance. And Squanto speaks English. He ends up living with the pilgrims, teaches them how to fish and, and, and plant and grow because that's where his tribe used to live and then they all died from a disease when he was out in captivity. Arguably, if he wasn't sold into slavery, he would have died with them also. When he came back, they weren't there so he went to another local tribe. I think there's a, there's a chief, Massasoit, and all this other stuff that, that brought in. Long story short, the first Thanksgiving, that first one, they were thankful. You have to, for what? <clears throat> they lost half of their people when they came over. They, 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 they were scared because they were thankful for for a divine appointment as, as, as Squanto, for them having an abundance. I mean, they were growing. They brought over 90 braves. So when you talk, I want to ask Joy Reid, what genocide are you talking about from these pilgrims? Who did they kill out of the 53 of them remaining? There was only 22 men. And there's 90 braves coming over. These, these strong, scrapping, you know, these are people of the land. They know what to do. And they have a, a three-day festival of, of games and shooting games and wrestling matches and eel and cod and sea bass and a fish and deer and, and fowl, you know, the turkey. I mean, all this wonderful food for three days. There's prayer, there's there's fellowship. I mean, th- I would love Thanksgiving to be a three-day festival. But but they were thanking God for his providential hand in a tough situation. They really understood scripture, Romans eight twenty eight. God works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called by his purpose. They really understood that idea. They still, they focused on being grateful for what, how God brought them through that because they could have been thrown off course many times over they had those 66 days at, at sea <clears throat> were many storms or a number of storms and they ended up here and then squanto happened to be here after coming i mean there's just again i'm, I'm just giving you cliff note version but the first thanksgiving was one of gratitude to a transcendent god for providing them food connections fellowship with the locals there was the actual peace treaty the pilgrims had the, the longest standing peace treaty from americans or white people quote unquote with Native Americans, George was saying last night it lasted somewhere between 30 and 40 years, which was the longest peace treaty that, that is still standing. That means something. I want to ask Joy Reid, what were they, where was the genocide? You have the pilgrims, 22 men, 90 braves. There's three days of fellowship, food, fun, sports. That's why people watch football, maybe. <clears throat> I mean, it was and gratitude to a transcendent God. And that tradition lasted up until 18, I, I guess by 1815, what I've, I've studied and read. I mean, there was something like 1,400 days of prayer and fasting nationally by governors and local officials and presidents and things. Uh, by 1815, 1,400 roughly. I mean, th- there was an acknowledgement of a thankfulness to a transcendent God for the blessings of this country. Then, lastly, and I'll let George wrap this up. 
um, the Mayflower Compact is something that we should study. I mean, and, and I'm going to just bring it, you know, I'll just read the first two sentences. <clears throat> when they, when they, they landed in Plymouth, they were heading towards Virginia. The storm brought them over to Plymouth in that area. There was no charter in place. They wanted to have a, there was no governance. There was no civil government. So they said, we got to put together this Mayflower Compact. In the name of God, amen. We, whose names are unwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James, <clears throat> by the grace of God of Great Britain, France, and Ireland King, defender of the faith, etc. Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in northern parts of Virginia, though by the presence solemnly and naturally in the presence of God. Okay, well, they didn't make it to Virginia. So they're saying this is where we were going. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to acknowledge God. We have to acknowledge our king who gave us permission, the king of the, of the land of England, to come over here. But for the advancement of the Christian faith and for the glory of God, that's in the Mayflower Compact. Arguably, this is the first pure document and governing document of the, these new United States, even though they weren't the United States at the time. I understand that. But remember, other colonies had charters from England. So they weren't under a pure new charter, and this was it. So I, I sorry for the speed round. No, but I mean, there's I just so much to dissect here. That's so why, again, I go back to Miss Reed, and I'll say it that way. Where's the genocide of the pilgrims of Plymouth and the first Thanksgiving? And why should this be a day of mourning and not a day of celebration and gratitude? Um, imagine a world where facts matter. Then everything Nico just said would be what you would expect a teacher to be teaching young kids in elementary school and high school. and Yes, even colleges. But that's not going to happen because the American educational system has been completely hijacked by a left wing cabal of activists mm. posing as teachers. Mm. This is an objective fact. And Joy Reid is a parson hack who does their bidding on television, period, end of story. She couldn't, she couldn't give, I wish I could use stronger language. To she, it. She, she, to she, it. She couldn't care less about what Nico just said. It's completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's embedded in facts. And we, this is factual stuff. Yeah. I mean, we have manuscripts, thanks to the work of William Bradford, who was second governor of the Plymouth Colony, on Plymouth Plantation remains the most detailed narrative of the things that happened. Um, to the pilgrims from day one, from the time they came over on the voyage. Um, he actually talks about the conditions in Holland. He talks about the conditions on the way over here. He talks about 1620. He talks about uh, the, uh, 16, the, the, you know, the times pre preceding up to the uh, Thanksgiving three-day festival in, in 1621. Um, he talks about the relationship with the Indians. I mean, and he, I don't know how in the world, Nico, you can walk away from that narrative I don't know. and conclude anything less than this was a mutually beneficial yes and mutually respectful relationship between the natives the wampanoag indians under the leadership of massasoit um and and the you made great, a great contribution night george you said the massasoits benefited also because there was other warring Wamp tribes wampanoags the wampanoags yeah but massasoit was the chief oh yes right? yeah and, and so yeah, and he so had, he, he benefited from the from the numbers the sheer numbers of the pilgrims because remember there were tribes conquering each other this wasn't forget about the europeans i mean they were conquering each other these tribes and, and committing atrocities yeah, it was a political relationship yeah so i mean there's power in numbers and and uh, massasoit's numbers had depleted significantly because of plague and so, and we talked a lot about that last night in terms of yeah. genocide. This is just BS. I mean, there was no genocide. It is mythological. Mm. It doesn't exist. The exact opposite was the case. Um, the, if you look at Bradford's narrative, you, you can see a, a deep respect, actually a love yeah. and admiration for the contributions of the natives to them. In and fact, they in fact it documents land. well. Doc, that's that's about that's a few decades I got it, later. What I'm saying, but, but they didn't steal land; they actually purchased it. Go ahead, sorry. The, the two issues are related, though. It's an important point because they land on shore. A few years earlier, there were two thousand Indians there, the Patuxet, which were the the, the tribe of Squanto. Mm -hmm. Those people have been wiped out by plague. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned sources yesterday from the CDC to show that the major, the major contributor to the wipeout of what's called pre-Columbian Indian populations. That means all of the Indian, the, the Indian population uh, in, uh, prior to, to the arrival, exactly right, um, was wiped out to the tune of 98% as a result of plague. There's been a lot of research on what it is that, that, that actually contributed to that. The CDC put out a paper looking at the years of 1616 to 1619 to try to identify. They concluded leptospirosis, uh, which is an infection that arises from the contamination of, of reservoirs, land and water reservoirs, as a result of rat urine 
from European wow. ships. Wow. Um, okay, this isn't genocide. This is That's plague. Right. So the genocide thing is complete BS. The idea of imperialism and stolen land, that is nonsense. No such thing happened. They, these, these pilgrims were on land that nobody wanted because it was seen as cursed. Yes, yes. I didn't want, I was the say, land yep. was cursed in the view of the Indians. Because of all these Indians that had died. And it actually ended up being, it ended up being uh, actually very redemptive. Because here yep. you have these pilgrims, yep. um, and they're surviving, and they're giving thanks. Yep. I, it's left out, and you can see it on Plymouth Plantation in the manuscript. They're not just having a great time with food <clears throat> and fellowship, but they're fellowshipping over the open reading of the Bible together. Yep. These, are, these are pagans, and they're listening in on this. And a lot, a lot of Native Americans came to a saving faith. Yep. In the living God. That's and, wonderful. And in Bradford's bad thing. And 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 Bradford's writings, he talks about Squanto, because Squanto lived with them. And because of the, the his his time with those the monks, the friars, whatever, the Franciscans, and and then also with the pilgrims, on his death he got sick and he ended up on his death, but he says, Pray for me that I go to the white man's God and to heaven so I may see you again. I mean, there was an affinity there. There was a, there was there was a friendship and fellowship there. This was three days of fellowship and feasting and faith. And then they were exposing the, the, the natives to the faith, the Christian faith. And a lot of converts, like George said, this is now, look, we can talk at another time. I know we're going to wrap up here in a second, but, but we can talk about Jamestown from 1607 <clears throat> leading up to 1619. And, and those first quote unquote, the, they were, they were slaves. I mean, slaves going to Jamestown in 1619, but in Jamestown, slavery was actually banned. It was illegal to have slaves, even though Jamestown had some horrific things happen there. And the leadership Remember, that's the whole John Smith and Pocahontas. And all that story that that that, that stuff that people hear about. Yeah, there. we had individuals that went rogue. Yeah, th yeah, exactly. And so Jamestown, but there's there's a whole distinction between Jamestown Hunt. and Plymouth. Yeah, Thomas Hunt was a evil bastard. And so all all that to say is we have to make that distinction. But I'm, I still I push back on Joy Reid and all this narrative because it's just deceptive. It's not a mishandling of, of history because you have to willfully be deceptive to distort the first Thanksgiving and the interaction between the local natives. And the pilgrims and what they actually went through and their toil and their journey to get to the narrative going forward. But the bottom line is this. We have a rich tradition of thanksgiving. We have a rich tradition of thanking a transcendent God with these inalienable rights that got into the Constitution, right? The right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. These inalienable rights that are endowed on us by a creator, not by humans, not by natives, not by Europeans, by God. And that tradition is rooted in thanksgiving. And it should be taught and studied. Absolutely. And then people make a decision on how they want to treat that. But to lie and to push it a false narrative is, 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 is deceptive. So hopefully guys join us on Facebook Live. We're going to transition. I'm just going to run to the restroom. And we'll hope to see you on Facebook Live. Have a blessed week. The preceding show was paid for by the LaHood Norton Law Group. The views and opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily represent those of WOAI and iHeartMedia.